The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as a potential for discussions about other topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the person stating them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Ed. And if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we've been making and enjoying whiskey cocktails every fifth episode. In episode five, we made a few of the most well-known whiskey cocktails, the Old Fashioned, the Manhattan, and the Boulevardier. In episode 10, we made some whiskey cocktails for the summer months, the Bourbon Lime Ricky, the Cranberry Whiskey Sour, and the Whiskey Ginger Peach. And tonight, as the days get shorter, the nights get cooler, and the leaves turn various shades of not green, we're doing fall cocktails. In addition, we have two guests with us tonight. One is a professional bartender who has graciously, generously, awesomely <laughs> offered to make these cocktails for us. The other is a professional pastry chef who's brought us something delicious. And as always, Ed's here to get us started with which cocktails we're making and introducing who's going to be enjoying them with us tonight. Right. Thanks, Scott. So like we said, every five episodes, we like to uh, do a cocktail episode to just bring you some different ways to enjoy the whiskeys that we talk about. Anders is with us and the lovely Ariel. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. Hi. Hi. Thank Hi. you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Anders is a bartender, and he's going to bring us three cocktails tonight. The first one's going to be the Chancellor, followed up by the Godfather, and then, Scott, what's the third one? <laughs> the Vucare. <laughs> the Vucare. Scott speaks French better than I do. <laughs> we start out by drinking a little Blanton's to get the blood flowing. Yeah. Just to and get everyone loosened up. Terrific. Yeah. And I love experiencing new cocktails that I don't have any experience with, and, and this is our first time having a bartender on the show. Yeah, I mean, we tried. We <laughs> That's had- actually a dig at Gabe, by the way. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, damn, you're right. Savage. And nobody caught it. I thought Scott would catch no, that. No shit. I thought you were yeah. talking about us because we made the well, cocktails previously. Gabe, no, Gabe was a um, he was a, a wedding bartender. Yeah. yeah. And to Gabe's credit, he was never said, "Oh, I was a professional bartender." But I'm not going to miss a chance to take a shot, especially when he's not here to defend himself. Because <laughs> <laughs> watch, let's hear what Gabe has to say back. Uh, see, Gabe, it really means we miss you because we're talking about you. You're not it here. does. I talked to him earlier because he wants to come back and do a quiz key and defend his title. Right, against me. If I lose thing. to him again, I'm jumping straight into traffic. So just be careful what the topic is. Uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing where Gabe takes over full time for me after I jump into traffic. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, so I think we should have Anders explain what cocktail. Yeah, let's go one at a time. Let's talk about the Chancellor. That's the first cocktail that's up for us to try. And if you could, Anders, take a second, tell everyone what you're about, what your background is, you know, where you work now, whatever you want to talk about. All right, yeah, absolutely. My name is Anders. I am the bar manager and master mixologist over at the local lounge in Mount Holly. Is that your real title, master mixologist? No, but it sounded very good. Because I was like, oh my God, that would be so cool. That's what he makes me call it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, I am the head bartender and bar manager over at the local lounge in Mount Holly, New Jersey. I've been bartending for a long time. Yeah. And I actually started working in the industry at TGI Fridays. Get out. Right in high school. Yeah, yeah. Really? Absolutely. In high school. Wait, so yeah. you weren't even allowed to drink even. the drinks that you were making. Did you have to? <laughs> I started as a bar back at TGI Fridays oh, and I worked gotcha. my way up. Sure, did you, sure. Did you pour like Jim Beam and all the other bottles? Because I heard like Fridays. Oh, like, yeah. That was a Fridays big scandal about caught, that. Like, like you served yeah. a fake bottle. Did you, did you know anything no, about that? No, no. That wasn't our thing. That's because yeah. you weren't there. See, right. I leave and then yeah, all these scandals races. start to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I started there. Then I actually moved up to New York working as an actor. I worked doing off-Broadway Shakespeare in theater for about two years. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I worked at a theater right across the street from a couple of great, great whiskey and cocktail bars yeah. right in the up Lower in East New- Side. Up in New York, right. Yeah. yeah. So I had a lot of opportunity to try new things. Got my first exposure to some really fine, you know, whiskeys, bourbons, mm. higher proof bourbons that I still really enjoy, peaty mm. scotches absinthe uh, mm. I became a big fan of so and I wanted to learn more about it when I wasn't doing any acting job so that's how I kind of really made my foray into the industry then I moved back to the New Jersey area got a job teaching ballroom dance oh. to uh, you know dentists small business owners I women was, who I divorced first, well I was his first client that's how we met <laughs> dentists oh, yeah um, Women who divorced well. Yes. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, during that period, I, I still kind of had an itch to bartend. I started working as a bar back again over at a famous bar called Hopsing Laundromat in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, so what's funny is before I even met you, I may have already had a cocktail made by you because I've been oh, to Hopsing's Laundromat about four or five times, maybe four or five years ago. Scott, describe <laughs> real quick what it's, what it's like to go to Hopsing. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm. So it's this whole fucking process so you go outside there's no sign you don't know where it is there's no speakeasy yeah it's a sketchy iron door in the middle of chinatown exactly uh, yeah so I, I work at Six and Race, and the Iron Door that Andres just mentioned is between 10th and 11th on yes. Race. Yeah. Uh, on Very the, good. On the north side of Race Street. So if you go over there and you see an Iron Door and you ring the bell, a extremely large man will come down the stairs and he will scrutinize your shoes <laughs> and determine if you are able to come into the establishment just based on your shoes. Takes all your IDs. If you pass the shoe inspection, he goes back upstairs and you wait like five minutes. You don't know what's happening. This man just looked at your shoes and took your IDs and walked away. Yep. Then he comes back downstairs and says, okay, it gives your IDs back and you follow him upstairs and it's dark. Like you can still kind of see things, shapes, you know, you sit down on it. No, you're not even there yet. You're not not even there yet. Yeah. You're in an ante room. So (laughs) they sit you down on the bench and they read you the rules. Now, Anders, you might remember the rules better than I do. So the main rules is that there's no uh, recording, whether it's any videography or photography or audio recording of any kind that's in order to protect all the guests' privacy. Right. There's a lot of like high rollers, Philadelphia celebrities. Not the mob. Uh, and just because we have a drink called The Godfather coming up, that's just a coincidence. Definitely not any famous Philadelphia mobsters. And the second rule is that if you need to make or take a phone call, you go into the vestibule in the front where you're currently being read the rules. Right. So once you're read the rules and agree to them, then they lead you into the main room which is even darker somehow. Yes. Like you honestly cannot see. You almost have to be led to the table and the only light is like these tiny little candles. Little votives. Yeah, and they hand you these little cards that have the drinks on them that they're making that night Mm -hmm. and you can barely read them. It was just annoying. But 
The cocktails are so worth it. Every cocktail I ever had there was fantastic. Yeah. It's really the place where I came into my own in terms of making cocktails. It's a truly fabulous cocktail bar. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a list done online. It's ranked in the top cocktail bars of the world. In the world? In yeah. In the world. Yes. Yeah. So my experience there was like, there's a lot of late nights and early mornings, but it, I wouldn't have traded for the world. You know, I talk to a lot of people about whiskey. Scott and I, you know, find ourselves in conversations a lot. And we work hard to educate ourselves. But it was really exciting when I met Anders to meet somebody who will teach me stuff. Like, and it'll be a busy night. And I, I, mean, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad because I can't help myself because I'm a curious person. I'm a lifetime learner. And like, he'll have like a packed place and he's making like six things. I'm like, what's that? What are you putting in that for? How do you know? How do you know how much? Just do you eye it up, or do you just okay? So just a couple drops, and he'll be so patient, he'll answer all my questions, even though I can see that he's trying to remember six different orders, and I'm distracting him. And he's he's always so courteous and polite, and I really thank him for that because I know that sometimes he's like, "Oh my god, I just shut the fuck up for one minute. I have six drinks to make right now. I will come and teach you anything you want if you just let me get these drinks out." So, and I I still can't help myself. I'm like, "Yeah, but, but you're making it right now. I need to know what that is." <laughs> I know. I ask him too. Like, what are you making right now? That looks great. I'll tell you in five minutes. And then, he walks, and then he walks away. And me and Scott talk about, what do you think that was? I don't know. Why. I don't know. He would, We're in timeout. He's being mean to us. Where's Ariel? She's nice. I'll always talk to you guys. She's Thank the nice you, Ariel. I can't explain the drinks to you, but it's I'll good talk. good cop, bad cop. <laughs> I did find Condé Nast uh, magazine. Did a list of the top 30 cocktail bars in the world. And Hop Sing's laundromat was on it. Wow, that's incredible. That is amazing. That's actually really either great marketing on Hop Sing's part <laughs> or just... Well, it's not because... I mean, they don't even have a sign. I yeah. know. Right? How are they going to promote it? Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, the it's owner crazy. really built that place on reputation. That's something that I really admire. Well, mm-hmm. congratulations to them. Yeah. yeah I, and I do think like... Uh, you know, having it be uh, such a weird intake and having no sign, it, you do really generate some buzz right, doing that. Right, absolutely. And you're only a few blocks from the real big tourist area yeah. of Philadelphia. In the mini version of that, Andres kind of helped perpetuate that at the local lounge because the entrance from inside the local restaurant is a sliding door where the beer selection for the day is written. And so it's all sudden like you slide aside, go in there, and people sit there like, oh my God, there's a room over there. <laughs> I can't take entirely all the credit for that. That's mostly due to the owner's but the local has always been known as like a great hub for beer drinking. Yeah. And so they have this massive chalkboard of all of the the draft specials. And it's some of the best things that you can find in Jersey and in the tri-state area, truly magnificent beers. And what we decided to do when we opened up the lounge was to basically cut out the wall, add the farm door in, and then add the draft list onto the farm door. So people are always looking at it, trying to see what new beers are on. Right. Somebody some comes over and magnify and Or when I just pop out for a moment oh, to get that's ice. Right. That's true. Like, yeah, but it's also wonderful when you're inside the lounge yeah. and you're relaxing and, and having yourself a cocktail and, and enjoying the atmosphere and someone opens the door to come inside and then there's about six other people who are enjoying their beers like yeah. prying their heads to look yeah. inside. It's like, goodbye, muggles. You're not allowed <laughs> in. This is special. Welcome to Platform 9 and 3 quarters. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's great. So let's talk about the first cocktail the Chancellor. Yeah. Ed, I think you said that you would like the Chancellor to be your nickname. Yeah, that's my new nickname. The I, Chancellor. I think if that was my nickname, that's a pretty boss-ass nickname. Like, it is a pretty hey, dope nickname. Yeah. Hey, hey, Chancellor! Chancellor! Hey, everybody! Slim Jims for everyone. Slim Jims. <laughs> <laughs> so random. 
Candied bacon for the crew. Oh, oh. much yeah. better. Yes, oh. candied bacon. Yes, yeah, there was a hush falls over the crowd <laughs> after candied bacon. The local lounge has this amazing candied bacon that's just cracked. Yeah, extremely thick slices. Yeah, and just like marinated in what is it? Um, so in? it's um brown sugar and spices and uh, maple syrup mm. and uh, they just slather. It should be a Julie Andrews song like brown sugar spices <laughs> some Cajun some sugar. These are a few of my favorite. <laughs> Things. Oh God! So uh, before this turns into a musical episode, right. the <laughs> whiskey tangent, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We should definitely do it. off Broadway. Yeah. That's right. We should do it. The, the, off, off. God, you yeah, can play well. yourself in the musical, but who has to play me in the whiskey tangent musical? Pendulette has to play oh, you. Pendulette. Oh, yes. that's perfect. Pendulette. Pendulette. But the heavier Pendulette, not this new skin. Yeah. Not the new one. No, no, no. Right. Not yeah. the new fit. Anyway, wow, that was a tangent. I just <laughs> said the Chancellor, and we went up for five minutes. All right. So well. <laughs> Chancellor, hey! Hey, hey Chancellor! Hey, Chancellor. Everyone right, have we'll, the Chancellor. We'll edit right back in here. Okay, yeah, we'll edit so, right back <laughs> No tangents so in the whiskey the, tangent. What's to the Chancellor? Um, so the Chancellor, it's a variation on a Rob Roy or a Manhattan. Okay. Um, it's typically made with a scotch, a single malt whiskey, and I actually brought in some local whiskey from the town of Mount Holly. Uh, it's Trainwreck Distillery. Awesome. And it's their new single malt. So it's in the vein of a scotch. It's 100% malted barley. So it's called Blue Comet, named after a train that famously right. crashed in New Jersey. You can get the idea with the train wreck and everything. And it is probably my favorite spirit that they've released to really? date. Yeah. So it's going to be two ounces of scotch or American single malt, a half ounce of dry vermouth, and then I actually used a little bit of port wine instead Ooh. of a, a red or sweet vermouth. So it's got a jammy texture to it as cool. well. Bitters too, right? Is there bitters yeah, there's, there's a dash of mango store right. in there and, as well. Uh, cool. All right, so let's can we I, try these then? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. Excited to try this. Around. Oh, it smells delicious. Oh, wow. It, it smells like a Manhattan. Yeah. But with a right. little bit of smoky peaty from the scotch. Just a touch, yeah. Ooh, wow. Ooh, I like that a lot. Ooh, wow. The single malt works very well in here. Yeah. It has tremendous flavor, and it stands up well with the two different tastes of the vermouth and the port hitting you also. If you put a cherry in this and then put a, like, a little twist mm-hmm. on it or something, I will go be like, oh, this is a great Manhattan. Right. Yeah, like, I was about to say, it yeah. tastes like a Manhattan. Yeah. A cousin of a Manhattan. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely it's a cousin of a family, Manhattan. family, but wow. not quite This will get same. you oct up. Yeah. I'm wow. right now. Yeah. Yeah. I just drank, sucked half of it down as I tend to oh, do. Oh, God. Mm. It's the way I taste stuff. If yeah. you listen to our last you call know, episode you know that i took ed's drink away from him for at least a half an hour because he did the same thing he just sucks it down and then he's like where's my drink it's like well you fucking drank it all he's so but angry i do that too so, <laughs> that's what he does but it was so good he's so aggressive i've also finished two dark and stormy well, to this actually point. believe it or not somehow drinking ahead of us and i don't know how because i've had <laughs> she is she's I've ahead had of us <laughs> bottle drink i've had blanton's i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> sucking this chancer down because i feel Delicious. obligated to get out of the way of the next drink so i'm like, yeah, there's, there's two more to go. Right. Two. While Scott sips it like a grandmother on the porch in some <laughs> small town America, Aww. drinking her Arnold Palmer on a rocking I'm, chair. All I want is my chancellor and drink on the porch. That's all I want. And don't you shame me. Don't you shame me, boy. And, uh, <laughs> I like this drink so much, I'm afraid to I can make two. more. Okay. 
So, do you want to do the um, the bartender pet peeves? Yeah, like we can you read, read a couple of them. Oh, sure. oh yes. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, Scott. So I just because we knew we were having Anders here and um, at being in, at the bar with him, he actually chastised us for being a little bit too loud on Friday because <laughs> we were being a little bit too loud. Guys, do you mind keeping it down a little bit? <laughs> yeah, right. It was so the nice. nicest <laughs> chastising ever. Hey, yeah, yeah. Listen, just keep <laughs> bring it down like, one decibel. Or, or like he walks away like little children, like they're noisier over there. <laughs> It's like they were noisier than we were. Noisy too. You didn't chastise them. I've seen him withhold drinks from an entire party. These are mine until we can get the volume under control. Wow, like a teacher. I felt a little like bad. Like oh, I actually learned that from a couple of teachers I know. Like Ed. So I was just kind of like brainstorming of stuff that we could talk about Anders, and I looked up the things that people ask bartenders for that they have pet peeves about. So I'm going to do this alphabetically by drink. Oh, so these are drinks that people order that bartenders don't like to make. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what the drink or the order was and okay. then tell you what a bartender that they had interviewed said about it. Got so, it. Cosmos. And the reason why is because Sex in the City has been over for a decade. Time to move on. So interestingly enough, for our fall menu at the lounge, <laughs> I actually have a carrot and cranberry Cosmo. Carrot and cranberry? Wow. Really? Yeah, I juice some cranberry and juice some carrots as well and basically wanted to appease the Sex in the City contingent. <laughs> oh, um, well-divorced ladies? I actually think a well-made Cosmopolitan is very good, but um, I don't want to make 20 <laughs> 20 of them in one night. <laughs> right. So the next one is frozen drinks. Frozen. Like uh, a strawberry margarita or a pina colada. Because aside from taking forever to blend, it's always followed by someone saying, make sure I can taste the alcohol in it. We don't have a blender. Next question. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> nice. I, I was done my chance and I just handed it back to Andres out of a habit because he's on the other side of the <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I was like, I'm done with you this. Are, Here, sir. Take this with you. And I realized there was no reason. Everybody else's glass is still uh, I, I know, I know. Don't be upset when you get a bill at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm just like, Here. Because he's literally on it, the other side of the It really is because we're at my breakfast bar. So Ed's to my left and Ariel is to my right. And Anders is in front of me as if we're he was bar- at the local, actual right? bartending. Like, this is, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really funny. He feels comfortable in that. I have a chair over there, but he's not sitting in it. I'm I told not, you he was perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> So the next one is Irish car bombs, because when shots get dropped, they mess up the bar and the thick residue in the glass afterwards mucks up the wash water too fast. Yes, but also I don't like what happens after Irish car bombs. because people. people. Yes, with the people. Yeah. The people. Experience, Ed. I love creative things like the screaming Nazi. Which I is, beg your pardon. Which is what? What's the screaming yeah, Nazi? I'm, I'm sorry. The that's, what? That's insensitive. He knows what it is. What's the screaming Nazi? Yeah, but, but I, I don't remember. Ed. It's Rumplemitz. Ed. Wait. Ed. I, Ed. I understand. I don't remember. Somebody of the Hebrew position. Ariel not- is Jewish. My people have been through enough. <laughs> Can they ever speak softly? What if, what if it was called the whispering no. Nazi? Yeah, it's not I mean, quite as intimidating. It's the Here's the point. Nazi. When you have Rumplemitz and, and um, did you hear what Ariel said with the whispering Nazi? She's like, see Kyle. <laughs> I'm a history teacher. I know everything about the Holocaust. As horrible as you think it is, it's 10 times worse. Yeah. Okay, so let's be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next one is lemon drops. Lemon drops. Oh. Because so, it makes everything so goddamn sticky. It does. And it's always lemon drops. Girls. Yay, let's get lemon drops. Yay. Yeah, a bunch of woo girls. Why do women scream like that? I don't know. I don't know. Do tell. Girls are the worst. <laughs> Oh my God! There are the girls out here like every Saturday yeah. in the summer, and they oh, oh. scream about a fucking I'm so car sorry. wash. Oh my God, car wash! Oh my God, there's a. Ca- 
Right? Yeah. I would have straight up murdered them. Get a sniper. End it all. They're done. But Ed and I have to take off our headphones for that. Uh-huh. Even if I have the windows closed. Oh. We're never getting through this episode. <laughs> and so lemon drops make, yeah. make me think of a particular situation. It's like one... 55 and i'm making you know the bar closes at two oh, God. and some blonde tits out <laughs> i'm working in a nightclub for some reason and she's like oh can i get like seven lemon shots and i'm like what's a lemon shot oh. do you want a shot or a lemon drop not the- uh, i want a lemon drop yeah, girls are the worst <laughs> <laughs> okay so on that note we will take a break and come back to uh, some more pet peeves after anders makes us another drink yeah Round in. Okay, so we're back, and Anders has created the second cocktail of the evening, the Godfather. Yes, this is a variation on a uh, rusty nail, which is typically scotch and drambuie. Um, That's what a rusty nail is. Yes. Really? Oh, I never knew it. Yes. Was. I never yeah. knew that. There've even been so many bars that have been called the Rusty Nail. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I feel like every county has a Rusty Nail. So wait, what is Drambuie? Drambuie is a um, herbal blend of scotch and honey. So it's scotch, more scotch with a little bit of honey <laughs> and like some but cinnamon. But it's a liqueur. It's on, it's yes, a liqueur it's a liqueur. Family. Yeah, that's a lot of scotch. So just a little bit of history. We talked about the Chancellor before. Nobody really knows where they came from. It's a mystery. The leading theory on the Chancellor is that it was a popular drink amongst deans of Scottish colleges, because the term used at the time for a dean was a Chancellor. And for the Godfather, did kind of come into prominence around the 70s. So the prevailing theory is that it's a drink that was enjoyed by Marlon Brando while shooting the Godfather. Yeah, that's what I saw name. too, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you have to have a history of a cocktail, it's pretty cool. Oh. Um, yeah, it is uh, one and a half ounces of a uh, single malt McCarthy's, which is a pot stilled single malt out of Oregon, and it's probably one of the smokiest and peatiest uh, whiskeys that we have on the menu. It's uh, pretty comparable to a Lafroy or an Ardbeg. Oh. So there's definitely going to be a lot of smoke in this Godfather. And then it's half an ounce of Amaretto. Um, using the, yeah. This is in, in place of the Drambuie. Yeah. So Ooh, in yeah. place of the Drambuie, um, you're going to get some of that. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, and shit. It's, it's super so smoky. Cool. It's smoky. Wow. Smoky and nerve. phenolic. Oh, it doesn't taste as smoky as it smells. No, not at all. You're definitely getting a lot of that experience on the nose. Oh, wait. Now now it's gone. Yeah. Now the smoke there's is gone. A smoke, there's a smoke. Yeah. Oh my god! It it's so interesting the the yeah. almond flavor. Yeah, you could it it tastes sweet immediately. You taste oh. a tiny bit of smoke, wow. and then the almond flavor comes. I mean, and then as you swallow it, then the smoke really hits you in the back of the throat. Mm-hmm. I do know that I am I like living it. with the amber. It's delicious. Right now. You like it, Aaron? I was just I I actually literally just had a couple of almonds in my mouth, so I was like, oh okay, yeah, right. We're I don't know if this here, is yeah. coming from how like my my current mouth feel already. <laughs> And then I just like you were saying, I was like, yeah, it's here, it's delicious. Here, oh, it here, tastes ha- like smoked let me almonds. Have an almond here, too. here, have an almond. Oh, yeah. yeah, get right in there with that crunching. <laughs> yeah, get right in there crunching. Yeah. This is for yeah, the yeah, ASMR people. Wow. That's right. It like rounds it out though. Oh, that's fantastic. Like enhances that almond. Yeah, really it, really, it really does. It's like a smoked almond. almonds with this drink is everything. Yeah. <laughs> You're so welcome. Great. I want another oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> One of the great ways to build your palate, you find something that's like, oh, it tastes like toffee and um, vanilla, yeah. uh, chocolate. 
if you just have a couple of bites of that on deck kind of like um it enhances and then later you remember all those tastes absolutely and taste other things so it's a great way to build your palate when right. you're drinking whiskeys yeah oh that's an awesome that's interesting yeah and what's funny is how quick we drank this i'm, I'm looking at scott's as well not just me but scott hit his pretty quick i too did delicious flavors- mine is gone i'm secretly Ar- an alcoholic again <laughs> ariel is uh, it's not outpacing us <laughs> Two things. I can't say that Eagle Rare is under the radar anymore, and we no. can't say that Ariel is not an alcoholic. That's okay. We'll go back. We'll, z- we'll take back the illusion. When I learned that this was a Smoky Scotch, I was like, no, nah, I don't know. We were like, oh, we were Smoky Scotch. <laughs> but like, this is terrific. Like In a cocktail, because the smoke is a little bit subdued, the amaretto is sweet and nutty. That really shines through. And the reason we know that we do this, and you're 100% right, Scott, is because, you know, you get trapped into a routine and neither of these two that we've experienced so far scott and i would have tried i wouldn't have gone out and got the single malt scotch and made the chance yeah no we would not certainly would not have gone anywhere near this drink no but this is a different drink that i would have once in a while just to change things up yeah and i I think that if you listen to us today you know push yourself a little bit go try something different you don't have to make this at home when you're out in a bar somewhere if you see this especially go to the local lounge it's in mel holly (laughs) andres is there say hey make me one of those uh, godfathers he'll be happy to do it and it's a nice little change of pace do it have fun kind of tastes like an almond cookie like you get at like in a uh, Chinese so. restaurant? Yes. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. An mm-hmm. almond cookie from a Chinese restaurant that was in a house fire. Yes. That was on fire. <laughs> that was, that burned Smoky, to the ground. Smoky like, the bear the, visited. Right, right. But then there was a cookie laying there just pristinely yeah. on the ground and you picked it up and it's like, Something. this tastes like death. That right. sounds like my dreams. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I, there's a West Oak Lane section in Philadelphia. When I was a kid, I thought that was one street. And everything, I used to watch the news, I'd be like, Dad, why does everything bad happen on that one street? I'd be like, there's a fire in the West Oak Lane. I thought it was a street, yeah. not a section of Philadelphia. Yeah, so I'd be like, I'm like, man, why does anyone live there? It's like yeah. another fire in West like Oak Tornado Lane. Like Tornado Alley. Just move. Yeah. Wait, move from Tornado Alley. It's Don't just get alley. me started. <laughs> just go on Hurricane Boulevard. Topeka. Much again, safer. Topeka. It's hot in Topeka. Again, again, it's amazing. So this is the third cocktail episode and the third time that tornadoes were mentioned. It keeps episode happening. five, we did it. Episode 10, it was actually, we had a tornado warning while we recorded. We, we did. Tornado and warning. they're like, we're on the corner, <laughs> and the top t- floor apartment. If anyone's going to get killed by a tornado, it's up. Yeah, we would have got killed. We had a couple of tornadoes drop over like the late spring, Mount early summer. Yeah, 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 In yes. Mount Laurel. I have, I have a this buddy summer, of mine it was who, bad. yeah, he worked at that building that actually had a car lifted and no. brought into the front door. <laughs> I saw the footage on YouTube. It was crazy. Yeah, yes. So let's do some more bartender pet peeves. Martinis that aren't actually martinis. Because when somebody asks what flavor of martini you have, I know where we're headed. Chocolatinis, apple teenies, kumquat teenies, whatever. They're all terrible. I would want to try a kumquat martini that sounds <laughs> I just made that up. That actually. sounds fucking delicious. Let's actually, make one. Actually, that does sound Yeah, exactly. Good. I'll Guys. fuck up one of those. It sounds like it sounds like that little terrible orange bitter. Oh come on. The, the chinado that makes the that, that makes the Campari. He didn't th- believe it was a real fruit. Oh, surprise. Yeah. Like Dr. Seuss. Chinados. It does uh, sound like something out of Dr. It Seuss. Does. The snozberries. So the one martini that always frustrates me over at the lounge is the espresso martini. Oh. A good one is delicious, though. A good yeah. one is fantastic. Yes. 
I don't have an espresso machine in the lounge. At the restaurant pub next door, we do have one. I'm very accommodating, so I'll do it, but I'll do it very begrudgingly. Um, And I'll I'll, I'll also say, um, much preferred to like an espresso martini. I really enjoy one with cold brew. Oh, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic yeah. alternative. Also, Anders makes a spectacular cold brew. The first uh, time I ever had it was his, and it is outrageous. I really like cold oh brew. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everything he does to you is just amazing, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Even the syrups. The syrups that he makes are all from scratch as well. Yeah, and yeah. What's the pomegranate thing you make? Oh, grenadine? Yeah, he makes his own grenadine. Yeah, I make traditional grenadine. Who so does that? Out of pomegranate? Uh, yeah, tr- uh, grenadine's traditionally made from pomegranate, oh, is it? actually. Oh. So, yeah, just pomegranate juice, a little bit of sugar already. And, and then some pomegranate molasses, which uh, you can either find at a Whole Foods or your local Middle Eastern market and just throw all that together. And you're essentially just making a pomegranate syrup and there you have traditional grinding. And it's got more of a pucker, mm. um, pucker. and more of like a, yeah. I like pucker. Pucker up. <laughs> Ed, do pucker, do pucker. Who, who is pucker to us? <laughs> Do you know a pucker? No. Wait for this. Pucker. (laughs) So great. Scott and I created the world's worst mascot for the colon and intestinal health department of America. And so it was like a giant ass with an asshole talking called Pucker. Hey, guys, I'm Pucker. Baby, get your colon checked. Don't forget to eat your fiber. Get your colonoscopy. (laughs) Was that after the colonoscopy episode? No, No, this was way (laughs) long ago. Pucker would have to fill in for like the Philly fanatic. Hey, kids. Root for the Phillies. Don't forget to eat your fiber. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're like so a, dumb. Hey, Kurt. Oh, no. Don't forget to eat your fiber. And the world's worst superhero. <laughs> Mantris. Mantris, which is Mattress Man, which means he can just sleep wherever he wants. His sidekick is Box Spring and Rubber Sheet. And, the, <laughs> and their sheet. arch enemy is Bed Bug and Yellowstone. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. So it's like mantras, like what's your power? Like you can just sleep anywhere. Like, All right, mantras, like <laughs> sleep wherever you want. And it's like he jumps on box spring and bounces down the road. It's complete idiocy. But yeah. that whole thing is why I wanted to do a podcast. <laughs> Because we're just dumb. Mantris and Bug Spring. Now you have an audience. Yeah. Now we have an audience for our stupidity. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Somebody drove by Mattress Giant and they had like somebody dressed up like a These poor bastards out there in 90 degree heat jumping around in a mattress costume. Spitting one around. Somebody's dressed in a mattress costume. Waving at traffic. So our friend took a picture last week and sent it to me and Scott going, oh, I saw Mattress panhandling (laughs) down in Denford. Uh, he's fallen on hard times. Yeah, yeah. Hard times yeah. How well does that work, do you think? Have you ever gone into a store no. just seeing someone spin a sign around? No, or? I don't understand that oh, at man. all. Mm. It would be better if they had a taco guy like tacos. Like, <laughs> yes, someone Shit, juggling yeah. tacos. I'll eat a Throwing taco right tacos now. at oncoming I mean, traffic. Yeah. Perfect. To me, oh my God, to me a awesome. taco would yeah. be an impulsive buy. Like, I'm like, all right, I could eat a taco now. Taco, sure. Yeah. I'm probably not going to pull over and buy a mattress. No, thing. no. Right. It's not an impulse buy kind <laughs> of situation. I taco. By the way, public service announcement. Mm. For some reason, out of nowhere, Burger King decided to put out a taco. Why? That is ridiculous. And 
I went out and bought three Burger King tacos. I took a bite of it oh, no. and spit it right into the trash. I, I couldn't even swallow the bite I took. My question is this. If you're going to jump into the taco market, why not make an effort to just have a decent taco? I mean, even like Taco Bell's thing is tacos and they're not quality, authentic tacos. They're shit tacos. But like if you're high enough, you're going to go. Taco Bell's genius is they have four ingredients. They shuffle them every month and like, come up with a new thing. It's just a different It's shape. all the same, just folded differently. It's a, uh, Right. Yeah. And sometimes fried. Right. Folded different and right. sometimes fried. Exactly. Yeah. Right. This is the uh, border wall burrito. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, wall. it's a burrito, but we just build it straight up and down like a wall. Cheese, a dough, a cracker or chip, and then meat, lettuce, and tomato, and then sour cream and taco sauce. And, and they salmonella. Just, and they just, right. But <laughs> salmonella. Yeah. Yeah, Sprinkled but, on top. Yeah. <laughs> this all started with martinis, by the way. <laughs> all right. So the next one is Spanish coffee, because I do not have time to light your damn drink on fire. <laughs> I love lighting drinks on fire, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is something. That's why I asked you. Yeah. It's did, fun. Um, isn't there something you light on fire? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a big thing that really cropped up over the last couple of years in at least the, the greater Philadelphia area. A lot of smoked old fashions and variations on that. Oh, I see. Um, and you'll see all sorts of variations. Sometimes people will have like a steel plate and they'll bring in some like apple wood or something like that oh. and then actually have a butane torch, torch that and then set a glass over it. Jesus. Yeah. That's um, elaborate. Yeah. And it really does like give you a round smoky mouthfeel as well. So oh. it's a great way to add some depth to a drink without adding actual any alcohol or something like that. I've played with a couple of different oh, cool. variations of doing that, but I've really taken to both the ease and the, and the loveliness of a blue flame of just straight Everclear in a glass uh-huh. and then just snuffing it out with a big fucking ice cube. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. So this one is. That one cocktail I had at that one place that one Get time. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the comment was, just fucking don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most recent time I had this, it was a sweet couple that came in. The lunch wasn't even open. The lunch opens um, at five. And it was maybe around like three o'clock. And I'm in the midst of opening up. Oh, wow. We Can we just look at this place? We've never been. This reminds me of another bar that I went to. And it, it was a bar I was familiar with. I know the staff. Right, I've right, right. gotten drunk with the staff. And they're yeah. all really sweet people. It's in a different city. Fantastic drinks. They came in and they said, we had this peanut butter and jelly old fashioned. Can you oh. make something like that? Oh. That's, and I was like, okay. I don't know if I can. I have Orjot, which is a, a nut based syrup. I had a raspberry liqueur. I can do my approximation, but I've never made it before. I'll humor you. And they tried it and I was like, it's good. It's different. Oh. So when when people ask can you make this drink that I had this one bar this right. one time? And it's not a... There's no chance that you're going to make it no right. There's no standard cocktail because right. I can't recreate this experience. No. So why not try another experience? Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right. So the last one, and then we'll move on to the last cocktail. Absolutely. Is the uh, top shelf spirit cocktails. Oh, yeah. Because why waste a perfectly good top shelf spirit? If I give you a blind tasting of two drinks, one with top shelf and the other with well, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. I mean, I'll do it, but it will hurt me inside. I agree if you're talking about, let's say, a vodka martini. But if you're talking about like a Booker's Manhattan, that's a completely different thing. There's times when that's magic and there's times when you're completely wasting your money. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the best cocktails I've ever had was a very high-end cocktail. I think it was like very old Lafroy and the Grand Marnier uh, Quintessence. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm already a, I'm intriguing. A, I'm a Grand Monet fan, so I know exactly what that means. Exactly. That's, that's a very expensive version of Grand Monet. I got lucky and didn't pay for it. Probably uh, like what a fifty dollar drink, maybe. It 40, would 40, be 40, like a yeah, like yeah. a fifty dollar drink. Yeah. And with higher end um, liqueurs, the less that you use, the better. But don't be that asshole that orders like a Macallan eighteen and Coke. Oh, God. oh shit! Don't. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably what these people are meaning. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we need to get to the next drink. We really do. We do because we think we've been on for like oh, an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah we're we're going to edit a lot. You know me. I'm going to cut four out, hour podcast. I'm going to cut an hour I'm out of this. Cut out everything that I said. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. It's going to be like only three people here. <laughs> it's just me, Anders, and Ariel. See, I can. Okay. I, the beauty of the edit is like I could make this Ariel's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be very short. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to make the um, the Vukaroy. The Vukaroy. The Vukaroy. The Vukaroy. Vukaroy. Yeah. We want to hear from Anders on what annoys him as a professional mixologist. All right. Round three. Okay, we're back. Anders has made the third cocktail tonight, the Vuka Ray. Anders, what's in a Vuka Ray, bro? I use three quarters of Dad's Hat Pennsylvania Rye Whiskey, uh, three quarters of Sweet Vermouth, three quarters of a Cognac. Oh, wow. Uh, and then just a little touch of Benedictine. Which is another type of Cognac. Wow. Uh, right, yeah, right. there's a lot of French involved. Yeah, so we're going to try the Vuka Ray. Vuka Ray, here we go. Smells very lemony. Did you, was there a lemon twist? Yeah, there's there a lemon twist yeah. uh, twist floating in there and expressed into it. It's so hard to go wrong with citrus. When in doubt, lemon out for your cocktails. <laughs> it's also a gorgeous color. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's good a, Lord, so this is good. good. When I think fall cocktails, it's definitely when I want to have like a higher proof bourbon or a scotch yeah. in my hand. Yeah. And I want something You're jammy. You're not being as active. You know? Exactly. Like, yeah. you walk around, look at leaves and go drink. Slowing down. I don't oh, want to do right. as much yeah. citrus. I want to have something, you know, spicy and jammy mm-hmm. and something to just really. It's a really... good word to describe it as jammy. Yeah. Like you're, you're wow. really good. contemplating sitting by a fire. Yeah. And yeah. I enjoyed the perfect. first two cocktails, but Andres is correct guessed that I would like this one best. This, this is, is the winner. This is delicious. I, I, I agree totally with Ed. I like the first two cocktails a whole lot, but this is extraordinary. I would order a Chancer. I would even order a Godfather on a crazy day, but this one, this one, just have it waiting on the bar when I get there and I'll be happy as shit. Just from the ingredients alone, I knew I was going to enjoy this. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's a phenomenal cocktail. It was uh, invented by Walter Bergeron, I want to say in like the early early 30s. Right, yeah. It was in New Orleans at the Hotel Monteleone at that um carousel bar they have there such a contrast of spirits and flavors and sweetness and a little, yeah. look, a little bit of fire but it goes away real quick you also want to know that you're actually drinking uh, that's a big thing for me right. so while we're sipping on this tell me some other things that people do in your 10 years as being a bartender that just makes you want to reach across the bar grab by the back <laughs> of the head and smack their face into the bar it's okay you can don't uh, uh you can share don't be a drunk asshole yeah so there's this one guy who comes to the bar, right? Yeah. He, he's kind of a big guy. He, comes he keeps, a lot asking he keeps asking all me all these like, questions every time I'm in I the make middle something. of making drinks. Yeah. It's you, not me. And then yeah, his no, buddy shows up, and then it's his just. His buddy shows up, and he's an asshole. It's a <laughs> fucking nightmare. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. I have a delightful <laughs> evening with both of you. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Ariel. The cover's blue. I'm also not making you drink, so it's fine. There's only three seats at the bar, so we might as well have you be in, as a third bar. Hey, oh, thank I, you. I'd, I'd rather have you three than, than a lot right. of other people that come across my and bar. And honestly, there's times when Scott and I would be like, all right, we need to drop back. Let We do, and then we'll go, <laughs> we'll like, we'll go sit. Yeah. That's a fresh blood yeah. come up here so we, we get can a little bit of air. We feel like we're monopolizing your time, and right. you know, so we'll be you're like, not hey, there for us personally. Let's drop back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Even, even though... Yeah, You'd like us better than everybody. Yeah, it's, it's he true. knows where we are. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You what are some of the other things, though, honestly, that people do? That uh, this is honestly good public service announcement. To okay, people. like how not to irritate good bartenders in a good bar. Firstly, don't ask me to make it strong. If you want a strong drink, order a double. If I'm right. making you a cocktail and you ask for it with less ice, like that's how much ice goes into it. If you're insinuating that I'm going to add more alcohol in there, it's like that costs money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you, if you want a strong drink, pay for a strong drink. That's yeah. entirely not option afforded to you but you know it's kind of funny because i've been places where they immediately take out the jigger they pour it to the top and they dump it in and they walk away from you it's like that's a shitty drink okay i have a lot of ice i have a very little amount of whiskey you charge me 12 dollars for it i'm not happy and it must like more often than that that's more of a reflection of training for the bartenders uh, Mm. in terms of like you know whoever management or the ownership is anybody who does that is not a bartender i can tell right away they don't know what they're doing right it's just a shame when people are handcuffed and not allowed to be professional professionals when i get i'm saying yeah exactly at, at the end of the day it's a i mean it's a very fun relationship to have bartender to patron sure patrons become friends ultimately but it, it is still in that context it's a professional relationship and it's like i'm representing a business right. yeah and, i want a fair yeah. drink and i'm willing to pay for the fair drink i don't want to rob the bar exactly i, like, I don't expect you to like give me free drinks but i expect that when i pay 12 dollars for a drink it's going to be a drink that i would have at home like a good drink yeah as a patron when you go to a bar you expect expect the same thing you expect them not to cheat you out of what you're paying right. them for it, exactly yeah. and and my mindset has always been i want to give you as much value for your dollars you can possibly get if you're yeah. going to spend twelve dollars on a drink i want to give you the best damn twelve dollar drink right. you can find anywhere exactly. on the planet sure i think we should talk about ariel's uh delicious chocolate chip they're so good cakes cookie bars cookie bars yeah so ariel is now the pastry chef at the local yes uh, um, not the lounge, not the lounge, I guess, but the the, the, the local eatery and pub, and the, yeah, yeah, the pub itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the lounge as well. The mm-hmm. lounge also serves my desserts, but right. so uh, I'm the head pastry chef for the local eatery and pub right now. It's real new, right? And Just- it's very new. I've been there for about two months now. Oh, and this is my side hustle, which I am incredibly <laughs> passionate about. It is my therapy, and I adore it. We I make different uh, desserts weekly, mm-hmm. and we actually talked about mm-hmm. your bread pudding oh, uh, with, with the, the caramel, caramel, yeah, with a whiskey caramel sauce on our last episode. Yeah, I took the whiskey from that evening that was being served for the tasting, and I soaked uh, the raisins that were going into the bread pudding in it, mm-hmm. so they like plumped and absorbed a lot of that, and so that was in it. Yeah, and then um, I took that whiskey that had previously just been soaked with the raisins, so it had that and sweetness. Poured it into the sauce. Made it into caramel. Wow! And um, I oh, made a God. vat of it, and I was actually sending to <laughs> tiny containers home with people because they wanted to. Do drink you have any it. left, or no? It's all gone. No, it's uh, gone. I can make more of them. 
you could pour, you could have poured it over this. Just- <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, I tell you, you could have poured, you poured it over Scott. He loved it. All of her desserts just magically disappear within a week. I don't yeah. know what it yeah, is. Yeah, you could just pour it over my head. I don't know where we're. Right, hold up, right. everybody. Yeah, real quick. I don't know where we're gonna actually wrap this up. So let me just say real quick. I want to thank Anish for being here. I want to yep. thank Ariel for coming by. I want to thank pleasure. Derek yeah. and Callum at the local for supporting us and and helping us in this episode. You know, keep coming up with tremendous tastings and all. And just the local lounge is such a jewel to have. We've had amazing nights there. It's just a great yeah. place with a great mentality. A very small, simple, excellent menu. And I, I wish them the best of luck. We hope to see you all there. If you're, if you're anywhere in Burlington County, in New Jersey, or Camden County, come to the local lounge in Mount Holly. It's worth the drive. Take an Uber home because Andrew will get you fucked up. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, uh, tr- truly. Uh, and order dessert. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh my God. Order There's, dessert. You would be a fool not Change to. your life. Order dessert. I mean, you what, would be what a was fool the one this to. week? It was the cinnamon bun. Oh. Yeah. I made cinnamon oh rolls. On, on Instagram and the Facebook page, I uh, threw it out there what people wanted. If they wanted cinnamon rolls or sticky buns. Right. And I got like 84% people wanted cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. rolls. What's the biggest yeah. difference So we delivered. That? I might be buying. My the biggest, right now. I need to know what the difference is. Yeah, so, yeah. so cinnamon rolls are the uh, iconic ones that you can usually picture that like have that swirl. Yeah. With Cinnabon kind of. Yes, with yeah. the, the cream cheese frosting on top and all that gooey, yummy goodness. Oh, right. Sticky oh. buns so, are just like sugary goodness with like walnuts or raisins, So, right. right. That's more of like a caramel sauce from the sugar that, yeah. that from after it bakes, it creates like this caramel that yeah. makes it sticky. And they're is usually- it whiskey caramel? No. Damn it. It's not. I didn't make them. We made cinnamon rolls. <laughs> oh, that's right. I could oh, make that'll it. Oh, that'll be next. <laughs> yes. But that they usually, uh, it's it's included normally that you would automatically assume that there's nuts and raisins in them. Um, and everybody wanted cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Hey, man. I, well, you know, fun. we could sit here and talk it all night, but we should probably wrap up the episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, to our cocktail episode, the Chancellor, the Godfather, and the Voulez-vous Curé. Voulez-vous Curé avec moi ce soir? Spectacular. Thanks so much for Anders, Ariel. This is Ed and Scott. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, bye. Bye, guys. Thank Take you. it easy. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to check out our next episode, which is way better than this one. Oh, yeah. Also, follow and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash whiskey tangent and follow us on Twitter at whiskey tangent. You can follow me personally at that whiskey guy and follow Scott at giant cup of awesome spelled A-W-S-U-M just to be annoying. Hey. You can email us any questions, comments, or love at whiskeytangent at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us always at our podcast website, whiskeytangent.podbean.com.